there was somebody visiting the masjid who had his PhD in economics. Okay. His PhD. So I went, I was like, can I ask you to listen in on this? And he was listening in on the pitch. And if my memory doesn't fail me, within the first 30 seconds to a minute, he said, this is a pyramid scheme and walked away. Welcome to the Father and Son Podcast, where my father and I discuss anything that's been in our minds lately. In this week's episode, we're discussing pyramid and Ponzi schemes and the people behind them and what we can learn from them. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Baba. Hey, Yusuf. How are you? I'm good. How's everything? I'm good, thanks. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Alhamdulillah. So this week I thought we'll talk about uh, internet personality who has imploded without mentioning his name or trying our best not to mention his name. Okay. And he's someone that I know you've admired. I don't know if admired is the right term or thought he was cool. Thought he was cool. I, I wasn't looking up to him. I just thought he was, oh, wow, he's he's do, he's doing good. He's doing well. Yeah. And he's this, how can we describe him without mentioning his name or making it too easy? He's a wannabe philanthropist. Yeah. So he gives away tons of money. Uh, or seemingly gives away. Se- tons. Seemingly. That's what we've learned. Seemingly gives away tons of money can teach you how to be really rich and himself seems very very rich yeah and he uses religion to a certain extent uh to do what he uses he seems to use religion to almost validate what he's doing he's doing for allah he's doing he's a good person he's uh he's trying to set an example he's he's trying to set an example he's a very divisive character because on one hand he's giving away lots of money he'll like show up to a restaurant not just to muslim causes but to any cause he'll show up to a restaurant and give away forty thousand dollars forty thousand dollars or something like that and i noticed that you were sort of attracted to this or parts of it or whether whether it was the bling aspects or uh, the respect aspect everybody was not like wow this guy is yeah this guy's really cool is that the right word? That's the right term. You fire. Fly, I don't know. You, what's I guess. Yeah. What's the equivalent of cool? And I, what did I tell you a long time ago when you first showed that he's me? a scam? That it's yeah, it smells all wrong. And I don't believe I don't believe any of it. And what was your? To me, it seemed that he was too too up there to be doing anything wrong like he's already made it up there how could you get there to that point by lying or you have he has all these cars how could you be fake at that point right so he has all these cars he has all of this stuff he's giving me all this money he seems to have lots of respect he seems to have conquered the dunya yeah basically in a, in a nutshell yeah yeah and so i can't fault you for being attracted to that you know but as soon as I saw him and what he was about, I instantly smelled something was wrong. You know, because I've seen it before in my life. Where have you seen it? Growing up, especially when you're when you're young, you know, in college, or at least when I was in college, there is this there's this drive or question: how, what, what should I do? What should I be? And 
how am I going to make money? All of these questions. And, and it does weigh on you. And in many ways, college is very, very stressful because you go to college and then you ask, okay, what, what do you want to major? What do you want to do with the rest of your life? There's so much uncertainty. And then you meet these charismatic characters. At least I did. Salesmen. Salesmen of sorts that seem ha- to have it all. They have always, always a very nice car. Mm-hmm. It's always it's almost like a checklist. They have a very nice car, nice nice clothing, but to a college student anything's nice clothing. But but yeah, n- nicer clothing. All of the things that that attracted you to this internet personality. But they want something from you. There's there's something. They're selling you on something. And when I was in college and after college, and, I, and I've seen it probably two, three times in my life, they tried to drag you into some sort of scheme of sorts. Business. A business that promises wealth, that promises the easy way. Because the hard way is in front of you when you're in college. You see people who are bio majors are trying to get into med school so that they can then get a residency so that they can then become a doctor 15 years in the future that's it's really hard, hard work it's a it's long hard. path and then those who want to be lawyers and those who want to be uh, successful it just it's a long path and you get this guy that's saying to you something like i'm making thirty thousand a month look at this check look how much money i just made and like oh my god what do i have to do and ultimately there's some scheme involved the, the the things that I've seen in my life are things like pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. And can you explain to us what a pyramid scheme is? A pyramid scheme, and I'm not I'm not going to do a great job at this. Is a a venture of some sort that only makes money if you can get people underneath you involved. So you're bringing people into it. You have to bring people into it, and they have to bring people into it. And they have to, um, you can only make money if you bring people into the scheme and they bring people into the scheme and the, those people bring into the scheme. And generally, the only people who really make money in the pyramid scheme are the people at the top. At the top of the pyramid. And those are the people that drive the fancy cars and have the fancy things, etc. But there's armies of people underneath them in the pyramid that are not making much money. They're going to lose money in the end. Yeah, they're going to lose money at the end or or uh, they're going to lose lots of time in the end or spend a long time trying to get this promise of wealth and probably making, you know, pennies. But there's this carrot that they're always dangling in front of their face. And so while not necessarily illegal, it's pretty common. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting for me in my own son was to see you attracted to those things. Although I'm telling you that something doesn't smell right about this guy, uh-huh. but this wasn't what he was doing. Wasn't a pyramid scheme. It was a Ponzi. It was a Ponzi scheme. So how would you describe a Ponzi scheme? So a Ponzi scheme is it's like a pyramid scheme in which the people below are paying the people above, but the people above don't know that they're being paid by the people below. They're, they're, they think their money is coming. The people above think their money is coming from investments that the person at the top is doing in whatever market, the stock market, a business market, investing in an equity or anything like that. So I think so Ponzi schemes are basically 
you're taking money from one person and you're taking money from the other person, then you're using half of this person's money to pay off the first person. But the second person doesn't know his money is going off to pay him. And it's just a cycle and it's a cycle and it's a cycle until the cycle breaks down and you just run out of people to scam and it falls apart around you. Or people start asking for their money. Or people start asking for money. Or too many people start asking for the money at once. Yeah, because if you do that, you don't have the money with you. You've already given it to someone else and that's how you keep it going. And it's really important for the person at the top of the pyramid or the one running the Ponzi to give this impression of... We're doing well. Of, yeah, we're almost have like infinite... Look how well we're doing. And yeah. if you want to do well... Just put more money in. Either give me, my, give me your money in the case of the Ponzi scheme or give me your time in the case of the pyramid scheme. And I, it could be argued, and probably is, the Ponzi scheme is much more nefarious, much worse um, than the pyramid scheme. And, of course, the biggest Ponzi scheme in history, and, and I know you, you know about this, is Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that one is really the craziest one. He made something like $50 billion off of it. Or he didn't make it, but he accumulated $50 billion off of it in his investment firm. He was actually legitimate. In what way? He was the head of the SEC. He was well-respected on the street. And at one point, something turned. I'm not entirely sure when that thing turned. But he stopped actually investing people's money. And just started keeping it? He started keeping it for himself. And then giving returns out to people. Uh, by he, f- he fueled those returns by other people investing. So he, w- he was Jewish, right? And the crazy thing is that he had invested the money of, from what I read, Holocaust survivors, and he had invested the money of huge Jewish um, philanthropies and organizations, and he was effectively taking their money. Mm -hmm. And that's... That's the shocking part. He's taking from people. He's taking from his own people. Mm Mm-hmm. Who are and probably giving it to him because like, oh, he's this nice Jewish guy. He's not going to take it from us. He's one of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. It's like a Muslim member of society that's really well respected, taking the money of Muslim charities and and high-profile Muslim people because of that um, that commonality, that using religion. That's basically what this what, what the guy we're talking about. That's it, basically what he did, except from taking from high-profile people. He took from charities, mosques. He took from fa- well-respected families. He did exactly that. He he basically he did he he pulled a Bernie Madoff, but uh, instead of fifty billion, he stole eighteen billion. Eighteen, 18 million. million. Sorry, eighteen million. And that so that he basically he did a Madoff. He pulled a Madoff. Yeah. And. What I'm interested in is, what are the lessons here? What are the lessons for me, for you? What do you think, if you were going to psychoanalyze Bernie Madoff or this person we're trying not to mention, what do you think fueled them to do what they did? So I was talking to someone about this before, before we started recording. And one thing about this particular person is that his family is very well known in our community, both in America and back home from where they're from. And they're from they're very wealthy. So one of the theories this person had was he's got he'd grown so accustomed to this wealth that living this life, maybe he got to the point where now he has to start working, he can no longer rely on his family. 
how can he get it without with working as little as possible but at the same time making himself look good like his because his family is well respected they're very everybody in the community knows them and how can he attain attain a higher level of that but at the same time doing as little work as possible did you think it's about as little work as possible essentially because essentially all he's doing all he did was he he started he started a clothing line which was i i don't know how much work that takes but i can't i don't think it's that much he started a clothing line and i think all of that was done to establish credibility because he he often used his clothing line as an example of like this line is worth a certain amount of money and like i'm good for it you can see like i make eight million a year on just this so he used it to establish credibility and i don't i don't think that takes that much work it just needs an investment and a design and you just print some sweaters so i do think it's a, it was about as doing doing as little work as possible but getting the most returns what do you think i i actually don't think it's about doing as little work as possible i think if bernie madoff could have made that money legitimately by working hard he he would have Mm-hmm. I think it's you find a level you want to live or in their mind I need to be this wealthy or act this wealthy or have these things like his house in the Hamptons that was worth I don't know probably 20 million dollars in his apartment in New York and he lived a certain type of lifestyle mm-hmm. his earnings organically his natural earnings could not give him probably that lifestyle it couldn't sustain that it couldn't sustain that lifestyle it could have sustained something i'm sure pretty comfortable but nothing like that yeah i mean he could have lived what we would think is a wealthy lifestyle but it wasn't the level of power and wealth that he wanted or he believed he should live at in his mind and so he needed to figure out a way to fuel that and I'm sure if he could do it legitimately, he would have done it legitimately. Mm-hmm. This other person that we keep on trying to avoid mentioning his name. I'm sure if he could live this life legitimately, he, he would have. Because I'm sure at the end of the day, he knows what he did. Even if before the people, the other people knew, you still have to live with the fact that you're, you're a scammer. You're nothing more than a con man. I, I actually think, and I'm not a psychiatrist. I actually think they compartmentalize that part away. Do you think they justify it to themselves? Everybody tells themselves a story. Mm-hmm. Nobody in their mind wakes up in the morning and says, I'm a bad guy, I'm a jerk. Yeah. You know, everybody tells themselves a story so they can sleep at night. So I'm sure all of these Ponzi scheme people are, believe or there's a story they've concocted in their own minds to think that they are doing the right thing or they're not so bad. Okay. So, how do you think people like us can stay away from people like them and not get caught up in whatever lies they're telling themselves and telling other people? Well, the more interesting question for me is, why did all the flash get you so... Oh, get get me so enthralled? Yeah, because... Um, I guess, I guess if... I, I don't know if this is going to sound silly or anything, but... It started because I met some of his... I, w- I went on a trip with some people and some of the people he knew or that, that he was very closely involved with were there. 
I didn't know about him before this. And then somebody pointed them out. It's like, oh, hey, they're friends with this guy. And I researched him. And I think it, it, it was kind of like, wow, I almost know him. Like, I know his best friends. I almost know him, you know? And they were all super nice. I was like, oh, they're so nice. How can he be fake? And the, he, he had this level of wealth that was, I mean, it's not, it wasn't incredible, but he, he was still this guy from our community. And he had this, he had this level of opulence, this level of wealth. And so I thought that was pretty impressive. You didn't think it was pretty cringy? Oh no, of course I thought it was like every I remember I was talking to a cousin and I was like every time he'd do a giveaway and I was like does this not like cringe you out at all cuz this was before I, he started doing the whole giveaways this was just when he had the store and he had he his clothing line had a store in the mall and so I so that was also pretty impressive to me he had just bought his Lamborghini he wasn't doing his giveaways yet he was just this guy with the clothing line and then later and that's that's when I was, like was that's when I liked him and, and then, what? Why did you like him at this point? Because to me, he was just a businessman. He had this. He had this. He wasn't scamming people for Bitcoin. He but was, what about him at this point? Did you like so the clothing line, Lamborghini? The clothing line, the Lamborghini, and the fact that he he seemed to be just a business. He was a hustler. Like the way he marketed himself without without being too like cringy, being like this is how I did it. He managed to. It seemed he managed to create this whole clothing line and he this whole business and now he was reaping the rewards and i like the i like that businessman aspect of it and the fact that he did all of this and he i think he was 22 when i first heard about him and he and he was and he already had all this stuff so that was when i first st- like uh, got became interested in him and then later he started doing all these giveaways and he started teaming up with celebrities like 50 cent and doing all this stuff and then it became a little like really because then he'd post like these long like diatribes about himself like I I wake up and I see my Lamborghini but I I'm not worried about it because I know I can make Lam- I, I can I I make enough money to buy one of these a day and after after the end at the end of each post he'd write something like I'm not doing this to show off or brag I'm just doing this to inspire the younger generation and then that to me seemed kind of cringy because it gets to a point where. You say you're saying this the whole I'm um, trying to inspire the younger generation at the end to make just to make yourself feel better that you're not showing off because all of this all of this showing the cars and that just that's not to inspire people that's just to show off your wealth and there's nothing I mean I, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that but you don't he, think there's anything wrong with doing that with showing off your wealth yeah there's nothing wrong with doing that I mean we can't judge people for showing off their wealth I mean like he the way he was doing it, I didn't like it like the way he was p- pushing he was he was putting all these cars on and all these houses and he was just he was making it seem like he was doing it for at least be on like my point is at least be honest with yourself you're not doing it to inspire doing it to show off you know what i'm saying and i don't so what would you say and okay so we we know he was at the head of a ponzi scheme yeah right that was the, and, and it was different because well um bernie madoff was in a society and in a group of billionaires mm-hmm. his his small circle were billionaires and he got his sense of power and achievement by mingling with them and being wealthier than most of them if not all of them yeah right and that's how he got his sense of power you got this other guy who, who's not really surrounded by a circle of millionaires and billionaires not at all he's he, surrounded with local kids but his his 
sense of importance came from projecting a certain level of wealth on the internet. Yeah. Right. So it's different and the same as Bernie Madoff. But he needed to be able to project this, look at me, I'm this hustler, or I've hustled to build all this wealth and... I have a, I can buy a Ferrari a day, but it's not about that. It's about inspiring the youth, about inspiring the youth, the younger generation, yeah, people like you. Yeah, right? get get and off, off their butts, and, and it worked because I saw you. Although you didn't get off your butt, you were like um, uh, impressed by him. Mm-hmm. And so he needed to fuel this by just basically taking money from people. So his Ponzi scheme, which started in December of 2020 wasn't his only thing that was a recent thing that's what brought him down or that's what that's what really put the, uh drove the nail into his coffin what he started with doing was he started by this i don't think this is i don't think this is illegal but it's just not right so one of the ways he said that he's made his millions is that he did a lot of stocks and he said he was do he he was a he was a stock investor and he made tons of money off it that's he said that was the main source of his wealth and so he started something called his name academy like i'm not gonna say his name but it was called his name academy and all it was about was doing stocks and how to trade stocks and basically if you want to become like me buy this course and you're going to become like me so he started with that and the first reviews were all awful they're all because they're all like this is this information is pretty much worthless it's not useful and people who actually knew trading took the class and were like, this is all garbage. Like, this is not, this is something you'll find on YouTube from somebody who doesn't know how to trade. And then what he did was he per, uh, he purchased um, uh, good reviews on the internet. I, I think you can do that. Like, it's not hard. And he made it seem like people were benefiting from it. And later it came out that he was texting people and saying, hey, can you write this? And they write this whole thing about how you changed my life and now I'm making this mu- this much money and... So he started by, he made it look like, he made it look better than it was. And, and a lot of people bought into it and bought it. And that was his first thing. His second thing was crypto scams. He'd, he'd say that my account has been, like I bought the max amount of Bitcoin that I could. And now I need to buy from other people and use their accounts. So he'd say stuff like, um, I'd buy your Bitcoin at like 1% above market values. Like, He'd buy he'd buy it for no reason. Like he'd he'd give them a deal that they couldn't refuse. So people would send it, and of course, what would he do? He wouldn't send any money. But he wasn't like a Nigerian prince. Like he wouldn't take it and be like, "All right, see you." He'd still maintain the air of, "Oh, it's not my fault. Something's happened at the bank." And he'd keep the excuses going, and they'd never get their stuff. And then he started this um, investment company, and he used the he used religion in it because he said it was halal. And like, there's no interest, there's nothing. It's it's fully Muslim, and you're just gonna get more money because we're gonna invest it halal and halal things. And so I think he accumulated like 18 million dollars from from families around New Jersey and New York and and the whole the whole tri-state area. And people started wanting to buy out because some I think one invent one family invested 3.5 million dollars just just them, and they decided it's you know what this is too much of a risk we want to take it out. So he would say stuff like, no problem, no problem. And then he kept it going for, I think, like a month. And then they finally like, where's our money? And he was like, oh, I got robbed. I was carrying all the money in cash to, to send it to you guys, and I got robbed. 
and they were like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, of course, I, I wouldn't lie to you. And that was the beginning of how he started to go down. Then they filed a lawsuit against him and more people started to hear about it. And now now he's now he used to have a million followers on Instagram and now he now everything's been deleted and he's basically become a ghost. So that's that's his whole story. Yeah, and it's a standard story. You know, it's uh it's gonna it's happened before and it's gonna keep on happening. The the question for you and for me is what's the lessons? What do we take from it? Because it's, it, we can we can watch it almost like watching a uh, car accident. Say, oh, uh, look at that car accident happening. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The more interesting thing for us is what's the lesson? What's the lesson for you and for me from observing something like this happening? So I think the first lesson is it's a it's a fairly obvious one. Whenever someone comes up to you with this proposition that seems too perfect like there's no like it can't be any risk then you have to take it with a spoon of salt not a grain a spoon of salt because life is all about risks right there's nothing that's going to be just perfect you put your money into this and it's going to come out doubled so you, you always have to go into it with with a lot of skepticism and a degree of trust and knowledge in this person that they're they're not going to scam you but also, really wealthy people don't need to flaunt their wealth. Yeah. You know, whenever I see people t- act like this, you know, rolling up in their Bentley and or taking pictures of themselves flying in a private jet, really wealthy people don't ever r- need to do- act like that. You don't see Bill Gates, you know, having a selfie in his Bugatti doing a duck face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he, he looks like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, he he looks like Mr. Rogers in his in his sweater. He doesn't need to act like this, put on this show, and then at the end say, I'm not trying to show off, I'm just doing it to inspire the next generation, while being the richest person or was the richest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what, you know, you should beware of the person that, is flaunting their wealth, even when they're trying, faux trying not to flaunt flaunt their wealth. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing this to inspire. I don't actually, I don't like to pat myself on the back, but, but, or like there's another guy and I actually don't know if he's fake or not, but he, he raises all my red flags. Like there's a guy on who's um, selling being rich. A guy on YouTube that's, well, no, there's another, he's like a real estate guy named Grant Cardone. Okay. Same thing has the private jet with the GC Grant Cardone on it and all this kind of stuff flying all over the world. And he can show you how to be wealthy, etc. just by his program. That just should raise a red flag. Whenever, and when anybody is really wealthy and just send me some money or, or buy my program or acts like they're really wealthy, that, that should just be an automatic no. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, you said you saw, you've dealt with this two or three times in your life. Give us an example of when you were young and you actually dealt with it. Like, a, and so, let's see how, let's see what lines up with that story versus this story. So I had a natural cynical side to all of this. And 
don't forget, in college, in the second year, I started working full time as a program in investment bank. So, so you a, could afford to be cynical. I could afford to be cynical. I already knew what I wanted to do. And so, although I didn't have money to buy a Ferrari, a Ferrari, um, I had money to buy the car I wanted and I had some path for a future. And I think that makes you immune to people like this. Not completely immune, and I'll get to that in a second, but it makes you immune to the 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 guy in the Ferrari. Uh-huh. The flashy, the, the whole flashy thing. It doesn't... Whereas if you don't have that, if you don't have a path, like for example, the guy in the Ferrari who's selling a pyramid scheme is going to find it very hard to convince a medical resident who can barely afford, you know, to buy his friends McDonald's. Uh-huh. But... They're going. They're on their way to becoming a doctor. They're on the way to. They're on a path, but the pathless will be attracted, in my opinion, to people like this, mm-hmm. and naturally so. They're selling a quick fix for a, a problem that they're having, which is what to do with my life, how do I make money, how do I support my family, how do I get married, all these kinds of things, and you have this guy show up in, in, in this expensive car, and they're generally incredibly charismatic, very very charismatic. Can sell, you know, sn- snow to an Eskimo kind of person. Uh-huh. And so when I was, I think in my early 20s and then in my mid 20s and then I think when I was 30, I met people who were trying, who were part of a multi-level marketing or pyramid scheme. That's the nicer, multi-level marketing is the more germane name. And so they showed up and they said, look, you have, here, here's the pitch. You have to show up to this, uh, either somebody's house on Tuesday night or to this hotel. Um, you know how hotels have these like little conference rooms. Yeah, yeah. On Tuesday night, and you have to hear this guy speak. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? He's amazing. And uh, I was like, speak about what? I said, look, there's an opportunity to make fifty thousand dollars a month. Uh huh. Or some insane amount of money. And look, here's a picture of him in front of his car. I'm telling you, cars... Cars make people gravitate Yeah, there's them. something about cars. There's something about men and cars that um, seem to be in our DNA for some reason. I'm sure 500 years ago, as was, was horse carriages or something like that. <laughs> um, and you go, although I, I never went. I kept asking, what is he going to... What's he selling? He's like, he's selling opportunity. What kind of opportunity? And then eventually it results in some sort of debate between you and them. And they try start explaining this scheme. And they say, look, we're really selling something. We're selling this product. I'm like, so your salesman is like, well, not really. You bring people. And it's very hard for them to articulate what exactly that they're doing. Because they don't fully know themselves. They, they kind of know. And there's kind of a story that the multi-level marketing... Like they'll tell them you're selling products or you're selling internet service or something like that, but it's really not about selling those things. It's really about bringing people. The into- product itself is just a sham. It's a, the the product the is product the, is the people. people. The product yeah. is the people that you're going to bring in, and they they have like a whole weird language. They'll say you have to I have to develop my right leg or my left leg of the pyramid and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so they know they're in a pyramid scheme. They won't say pyramid, but they say have to. I have to develop my right and left leg, <laughs> you know, or of people. Yes, of people. And then once I get in this many people, and they get that many people, and they get that many people, I'm going to be raking in 
millions of dollars yeah and i always ask him the same set of questions how much money have you actually made so far yeah like how much money have you person who's trying to recruit me made so far so but the overarching thing here was because i had some sort of path i was felt comfortable asking these questions and i remember there was a pyramid scheme that took over in our community and people were bringing people in. It was almost like watching people converting into religion, uh-huh. like into a like a religious movement or a cult. And it's actually very culty. It it does smell like a cult. The people who are in are all in, and they speak a language and they have words that they use it amongst themselves. And so we were in the masjid, and somebody was selling me on this idea, and I. There was zero chance they were going to convince me. Uh huh. And so there was somebody visiting the masjid who had his PhD in economics. Okay. His PhD. So I went, I was like, can I ask you to listen in on this? And he was listening in on the pitch. And if my memory doesn't fail me, within the first 30 seconds to a minute, he said, this is a pyramid scheme and walked away. Uh-huh. Well, what did the person saying talking well, said? He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> There's an answer to all of these things, to the unbelievers of the religion. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this, I saw again, and I saw again, and you start seeing patterns. That's the pyramid scheme. But then you see Ponzi schemes, and Bernie Madoff is probably the famous one we've been talking about. So as soon as I saw this guy, you knew that he was one of them. No, not for sure. But you had you had the red flags were up. Yeah, because there's no universal laws. I mean, you have, for example, Saudi princesses. We grew up. You grew up in London. There are people who are showing extreme amounts of wealth. They actually genuinely they they actually are wealthy. They're just empty, you know, in a sense. But yeah, there are people in London, for example, that are driving around London, a very rainy city, with velvet-covered Ferraris. Yeah. Remember the purple velvet? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and so they probably are wealthy. And so I can't say that anyone who drives a Ferrari is automatically running running a pyramid scheme. Yeah. But anyone who's flaunting their wealth in general is a red flag for me Mm -hmm. of some kind. Yeah. And so when I see anyone on social media doing that i uh i'm automatically turned away i'm turned away let's just say as a thought experiment this guy was giving away the money was completely legitimate but still acting like this it still turns me off you just don't like people like that and i don't like people like that either but then why did it because he wasn't doing that when i when i first started like looking at him then he started doing that. Maybe he was legitimate back then. Maybe he actually did buy the Ferrari with every cent that he'd made. But maybe, yeah. But later on, later on, that I started the same red flags you've been talking about started being raised for me when he started giving away all this stuff. Because I think the total amount of money that he promised to give away was a hundred and eight million dollars. That's the total amount of money that he's promised in all of his giveaways and if you buy $800 worth of my merch in the next 20 30 seconds I'll put $40,000 in that was the total amount and when he started doing things like that that kind of turned me away and I started to become cynic like cynical about it and 
I I don't want to say that I feel justified, but I feel now that after a couple of months, I started to kind of think that he ha- he had it coming soon. Like the, the 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 end was coming for him because there was a lot of stuff starting to pop up on the internet. Like he took he took this he took forty thousand dollars from us, saying he'll make it into eighty, and we never saw it back. And just multitudes of stories just like that. Again, stuff like this, it's easy to sit far, you know, sit far away and and, and judge because you're not in it. Yeah, you're not in it, and and it's like I said, like watching a car accident. The question should be, what's the lesson? Mm-hmm. What's the lesson for you? What's the lesson for me? Yeah, and judge him not so harshly. Judge yourself harsher than judging him, and mm-hmm. ask yourself. What about me was so attracted to what he was doing? And what does it say about me? You know, and how can I avoid falling into these traps? And what are the lessons learned? What are parts of my personality I didn't like? Because it's so much easier to say, oh, look how this guy screwed up. Yeah, he he really messed up. He really messed up. And uh, it's and I, I didn't mess up. But what if you were in his position? What if... You had the opportunity to make all this money. Would you take yeah, it? Yeah, and what if? Yeah, I mean, whether it's this guy or Bernie Madoff or other people, they felt the need to have this wealth, to project this wealth so much so they're willing to take money from charities. Mm-hmm. How do we avoid being in those positions? You know, and what what if you don't have a path to choose? Like, what if you in the next three four years? You're not earning any money. You don't know what to do. Would the promise of some flashy person and a flashy car draw you in? Yeah. That that's a useful way of reading these situations. Not reading them and watching them for entertainment purposes and oh look that guy screwed up. I wonder what's gonna happen to him. He's either gonna end up in jail or end up in you know end up shot. Yeah, end up shot somewhere. I hope I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he's able to fix things, to restore things, because ultimately the cost these people pay is catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You know, in the case of Bernie Madoff. He has every, he's, I think he's in jail for like 175 years. Well, forget even that, you know, to have a child. Hang yourself. Hang yeah, yourself. that's... That's like being in jail for, you know, for like... Eternity. Eternity, I mean... And so that's, to me, a a useful way of using these situations. What does it say about you Mm -hmm. judging yourself, not judging them? Now that we're in a digital age and it's easier for messages to get across to millions of people, do you think these kinds of Ponzi schemes are going to now they're going to grow faster and they're going to there's going to be more of them because there's more space for them to grow and more people to bring in than ever before cuz now you have access to literally the whole world that's a really good question i i think there are tons of ways to really screw people over mhm and many of them are legal so What's one example of a legal way to screw somebody over? You can say, I'm going to teach you how to be rich in Istanbul's property market. Okay. 
and you can just go and get some information that's freely available and make an ebook and make a program and have a really flashy YouTube ad campaign like the guy who did the here in my garage here in my garage remember What's him his name ty lopez or something exactly like that? is he a ponzi scheme as well i, I don't know enough about him i oh. just know he has king of cringy ads YouTube yeah. ads, and standing at just the perfect way so you can see the pool and the cars in the garage all and, that stuff and yeah. that house is rented by the way is it yeah the house is rented well that makes sense but it's talking about the well, ebook no. he actually did that uh, uh, uh they, we're talking they all about. do that yeah they all do that or uh, I'm going to show you how to get ripped mm-hmm. by my ebook or by my program. And then th- in six weeks, you're going to be huge. You're going to be huge. You've been trying to be huge for a year. Yeah, it's and not that hard. It's not that easy. It's not easy. And you've what gained. Oh, okay. I won't say you won't gain. You've gained not too much muscle or weight and muscle. But anyway, my point is. Thanks for body shaming me. That's, <laughs> where, that's where we wanted to go with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my point is. There's a, there are so many ways to screw over people on the internet. Uh-huh. That's legitimate, like not illegal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can call them legitimate, but they're not illegal ways. They won't they won't get you in jail. They won't like send you to jail. Yeah, so you don't even need to do these pyramid schemes on the internet. You don't even have to do Ponzi schemes. You can just screw people over legally um, by promising them things that are not going to come to fruition, that are not going to happen for you. By... Promising them the same things that these people promised others, you know, which is appealing to their desires. Mm -hmm. Better body, which would result in attracting better better looking women, Uh, better cars, better life, just a better life in general. Just a better life. And so... That's what. That's how they're hooking people. Mm-hmm. Is this promise of a better life, and it's not like a better life spiritually, just a better life physically. A better life physically. They're appealing to their base nature. That's the hook. The hook is to appeal appeal to their base nature, you know, or the nefs, if you if you want Arabic word. That's how they hook them. Better. You know, women, cars, money, all of that kind of stuff. And it's no it's no surprise that the most of the people that are hooked by these kinds of things are men. Because men are more driven by their base desires. Uh-huh. So that's the thing all of this stuff has in common. It's all men. No, I don't say it's all men. I said mostly men. And of course, I have no statistics to back this up but we live in 2021 women can be just as uh, can scam just as well as men yeah maybe maybe there's equal opportunity these days in terms of you know stupidity (laughs) but uh but yeah these all of these people are are hooking people by attracting them to their base desires look at this ferrari look at this shiny car look at this or even worse like i said like look at these women that are around me that i'm able to get Hopefully that that would never work with you, but still, it's still mm-hmm. attract. It's still appealing to their base desires. Whether they're ads on the internet, let me show you how they, I got this rich, or there's somebody that you meet in your community that uh, gives off that, or you know, or, or of I'm gonna make you rich. 
yeah, I'm going to get, or I'm just going to give you some money through a giveaway or something like that. Or look, you can be just like me. A lot of it is just down to appealing to your base desires. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the internet is going to move a lot of this stuff like rocket fuel. The internet is a force multiplier. It's, it can do good and it can also do bad. Yeah. But like you said, in one of the podcasts, it's uh what do you say? A toxic waste. Yeah. I said it was a toxic wasteland. Exactly. And so all I'm trying to say, and I think the place we've arrived is use these experiences and I should use them as well to heighten your own self-awareness, mm-hmm. not to judge others and bring other people down, but to bring yourself up in terms of how you think. And you, you should actually hope in your heart that these people yeah, I don't. I don't hope that he's gonna get shot by some yeah, gangster. Ho- yeah, exactly. You should hope that these uh, things get resolved, and he uses himself to actually better other people. Because now. he could, and and that's the thing about people like him, is that they are genuinely charismatic, and they're leaders, and they have so many good qualities, and channeled in the right way. These people can truly do lots of good. Yeah. And or the opposite. Or they can do a lot of bad. Or they can become president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um and or the former president. Yeah. But yeah. So th- that's that's an, that's an important thing. You shouldn't want somebody, you shouldn't feel happy as people are getting destroyed as many people do. Some people take join watching people fall it should never be like that and I, I hope i'm never like that but the useful thing in seeing the, what in considering these ideas is learning about yourself and what drove you and what drives you and are you actually can you be hooked by base desires you know what can you learn about yourself from this particular experience okay I think that I think we've covered this topic nicely for today. Thanks, Boba. No problem, Yusuf.